Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm good. Awesome. Although we're recording this and it, it is a beautiful sunny day by the looks of it, but the weather today or the temperatures dropped again. So did you get snow? I know some. We part- did get a, fl- we got some flurries. Okay. My sister lives like in Denver and they had like a legit blizzard. Like, yeah, they had that little, little further North in Michigan too. I, I just think it's so funny how often we start talking about the weather, but it's just know, the easiest like thing, thing to talk about. It is a I thing. Know. Now it's our thing. Well, happy spring. It is spring. It is officially spring now, and I am looking forward to summer a whole lot. I don't want to skip over spring, but we've had some weird springs the last few years. It really, it hasn't really felt like much of a spring. It's just kind of cold and mucky, and then all of a sudden it's summer. So I didn't like spring when I lived in Chicago. I felt very like winter. It felt like you knew you were just in for it, and then I, I just always felt like March and April were so temperamental, which is typical of spring, but also. I was so over the cold that I would get more yeah. mad at cold and snow Absolutely. in March and April than I did in the winter because it just felt I become, like, yeah. yeah, I become very obsessive about the weather at this time of year, you know, March <laughs> and April, like I can't stop checking the weather app to see right. if there's been any change since a few hours ago. Like maybe, th- you know, maybe they thought it was only going to be 35, but it's actually going to be 50. I mean, you just, you know, I get really weird. So anyway, the, today, ha, let's stop. Let's talk about what we're really talking about. Today, we are talking about mom's superpowers and mom kryptonite. I love it. Um, yeah. So we're going to be talking about the things that we're great at and the things that we're either terrible at or just don't handle well as right. moms. And I, yeah. I have a feeling, Sarah, you and I are going to have like some opposites. We have, I think we have some opposites. I know I love at least one though that we share, which I feel okay. like is going to be funny. Um, but Yeah. This is going to be really fun. And I feel like what's funny about this topic is I feel like a lot of the things we'll talk about we've touched on in other episodes. So listeners who've gotten to know our quirky personalities will probably be like, yeah, I totally knew that about you. (laughs) But we never put it in these terms. Um, And I think it's a fun thing to think about because all moms are blessed with some things that just like they kind of do naturally really well. And then other things that are really hard. And I think if we compare notes, it's actually kind of cool that nobody's the same. We can fill in for each other. Absolutely. So you had a little bit of housekeeping or something. A little bit. Yeah. I just wanted to just acknowledge for the record that we skipped a week last week, which we've only we done. We're coming up on a one year of doing this show. We started out as thinking this show would be every other week. And then literally like two episodes in, I think we were like, well, this is too much fun. Let's do it every week. So we did. Yeah. And I think we took one week off in the summer toward the end of summer. 
and one yeah. over Christmas. So this is officially, this was our spring break. It was actually not either of our kids' school spring breaks, but we nope. just, we, we got just declared so it for ourselves. Yeah. And we were trying to squeeze too much in and we're pretty, we're pretty good, like changing up our recording schedule when we need to. And both of us will like move things around. But I think it had happened like three weeks in a row and we were like, yeah. let's just, so th- anyway, the point is listeners on Facebook, we kind of put something out there and people were so nice. They were like, you deserve a break. And it was very yeah. sweet. So if you missed us last week, we're sorry. That's and we're back. Happening. And we did get one, um, email from a listener who was like, I've been binge listening and I'm finally caught up. So now I, I, know, I can't so wait bad. for new episodes every week. And I wrote back. <laughs> and, and that was like, like the day the new one was supposed to come out, <laughs> yeah. I think. It's I was like, like FYI. Yeah. You have to wait two weeks. Sorry. Um, but anyway, just thanks everybody for um, giving us our own little spring break um, because we just, we just got really behind needed and needed, and you know what, needed it. I'm proud of us because we only sent back and forth like four or five <laughs> waffling texts before we finally both just threw the towel in. It yeah. was kind of like, ugh, this isn't going to work. What about this day? What about this day? And then I think you said, well, we could also just take a break. I know. And I, I was did. like, oh, we can? Okay, yeah. let's do that. It reminds <laughs> me of um, my friends Whitney and Heather at Ricky Moms one time posted something about there are no blogging emergencies back when, yeah. you know, we were trying to blog every single day or, you know, most days of the week. And I remember reading that there are no blogging emergencies. Mm-hmm. Like there is no podcasting emergency. So yeah, nobody you know, is docking our pay or nope, like firing no. us for not showing up one week. Exactly. We, we, we like consistency. We like consistency, but, but uh, every now and then it's nice to just say, you know what? Not this week. Hey, so. even cereal. I don't think you listen to cereal, but I am like making my way through season two half-heartedly. But even yeah. cereal, which is like one of the most popular podcasts, like midway through was like, yeah, we're not doing it every week anymore. We have too much to cover. Yeah. We're going to go to every other week. So if they can There's do no it. Rules. <laughs> exactly. And that's what the archives are good for. It's always a good chance to dig into the archives. Yeah, so Absolutely. All right. Superpowers. That's all I had on housekeeping. I don't think... Did yeah, no, I don't have anything okay. else. No. Um, so set us up here. What is a mom's superpower? So I feel like, and this is funny because we had this whole conversation before we started recording because I swear I at one point wrote a post somewhere about mom superpowers and mom kryptonite, and I now cannot find it. Any, like it doesn't exist online. So either I must have written it for another website that took it down or something. I can't, I can't find it. But anyway, um, to me, what it means is like my superpowers are the things that I'm uniquely great at Mm -hmm. and that have to do with motherhood or parenting. And my kryptonite is either the thing I'm not good at or the thing that makes my job harder, kind of makes me fall apart a little bit. So, um, and I, and I think like the, and especially when it comes naturally or does not come naturally, like you haven't, some things we just get better at with practice, but there's other things that just, Especially when you notice there may be harder struggle for other people and it's just yeah. for whatever reason, it just kind of comes naturally to you. I think that's yeah. a good definition of a superpower. Absolutely. And, oh, and yeah, there's lots sure. in the middle. There's lots of things that we get better at with practice, you know, and we're varying degrees of successful at. Yeah. Well, and, and also, you know, one person's superpower might be not something another person would even want as a superpower. So I'll start right. with my one, one of mine. Yeah. And it is like, I'm really good at dealing with chaos. Um, I was even better at that when I, when my kids were really little, like I could be sitting in the middle of a room and there would just be like kids everywhere, stuff everywhere, you know, noise, like running around all this stuff going on. I didn't ever mind having like lots of kids in the house at once. Right. I didn't mind if a nap got blown or a bedtime or whatever, right. like that stuff just never really bothered me. And to me, that helped me deal with the fact that I had lots of small children under one yeah. roof 
and it fit my personality. But yeah. for you, maybe being able to deal with chaos well wouldn't even be a superpower because you don't like it. You know no, what I mean? I so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. And do you feel like you were always that way? Like, do you remember a time before motherhood where you sort of like thrived or didn't mind chaos? Or do you feel like it was uniquely a motherhood thing? Um, I think what's, I think I'm very adaptable. Okay, so yeah. I think if I like live with people who, or, you know, I'm just thinking of college, for example, mm-hmm. if I live with people who are really neat and structured, I can kind of adapt my life to be that way. And if I live with someone who's like a slob and is never on time, I'm kind of like, whatever. And then I sort of would become that way too. Like I, I was very adaptable. Right. So I think now my life is infinitely more structured and um, neat and tidy and right. quiet than it was five years ago or 10 years ago. Uh, but I don't feel any necess- – I'm probably – you know, I'm probably calmer in a lot of ways now than I was. But that's also because I just – my kids are older and my life is different. Right. Um, but I think I was just pretty – I think the adaptability was really maybe the superpower right. there. You know, yeah. the ability to just – whatever kind of was thrown at me, yeah. okay. You know, I would adjust, I would kind of swing and duck and roll or no, duck and roll or I whatever. I think that's a great superpower. And I think the ability to be okay in the midst of chaos is like a huge gift that – I wish I had a little tablespoon of, I mean, I, I obviously have adapted myself to like deal with chaos because I have three children and I had three children who were under five when I had the third one. So it's been a chaotic few years, but I, it is not a natural superpower of mine at all. And it's an ongoing, like, it's an ongoing negotiation with how much chaos, right. you know, it, can I allow to keep things fun and spontaneous and not like a control freak, but also where do I draw the line for my own like mental health? You know what I mean? So I think that's an excellent, an excellent superpower. Um, I I think that it's, well, I was just going to say too, like while, as you were just talking, I was thinking about one of the things I put as my kryptonite, um, which is a silly little thing. And it's like when one kid is just making noise just for the sake of making noise, that drives me nuts. (laughs) Um, but like, so I was hoping we could have an extended discussion about this because this is what I think this is. This is the one I was thinking of that is a kryptonite for both of us. But I want okay. to discuss in detail the kind of noises that you're talking about. Okay. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Well, I just want to say really quickly, though, that... It's funny that, that, that I would isolate that uh-huh. as a kryptonite, Yeah, but yet I could sit in a room full of like six kids pounding right. on each other and being loud. Right. I think it's also, what I'm realizing is I think it's also the expectation you're setting up. So um, oh I'll give you an example of what, what has been driving me crazy lately. Clara is a chatterbox. She's a mm-hmm. lot like I was at her age. Um, she just likes, she just likes the sound of her own voice and she gets lonely. So she just basically entertains herself, but like just talks to herself all the time. And so it'll be in a situation where I think it would be reasonable for everyone to just freaking be quiet. Like, (laughs) you know, like I'm sitting at the dining room table reading a magazine. You know, there's no playing really going on. There's no reason. No one's excited. No one's everyone is ages seven and up. Just everyone is ages seven and up. Like it's not like you have three. There's really no reason for her just to be talking to herself and just saying nonsense words like over and over, you know, like like rhyming and then and having like this conversation where she's answering herself in this kind of high pitched voice. I mean, I don't even I won't even notice for a while. Like it'll just kind of be like background noise. And I'll I'll notice that my shoulders are doing that thing where they you know, where the shoulders start kind of like yeah. cringing up by your ears. Yeah. And then suddenly I'm like, oh my gosh, Clara, could you please, um, honey, I know you really like to make noise. Could you just do that someplace else? And she's like, oh my gosh, mom, I'm just blah, blah, blah. And it's, and it's just more yeah. of it. It's just never, more it and stops. more. It never stops. so funny. So um, tell me about yours. <laughs> well, my kids, both my older kids right now, but especially Allegra, who's almost eight, make mouth noises, like nonsensical mouth noises, like clicking or like Allegra uh-huh. has like a duck oh, yeah. sound right now. You know when kids just randomly like play with like blow bubbles or make yeah. zerbit noises or I mean I feel like I even kind of remember doing that. It's like boredom and I don't sure. know. But Allegra is like a one man band, one man band of mouth noises. Like she has like clicking and uh, makes her sound like she needs professional help. I don't think that's the case. She just is like a, a noisemaker. And so that's the same thing with me. And then Reed is the talker. So he he would be the one more like Clara, talking or singing at all times. Um, and also just little things like just repeti- any kind of repetitive noise, like kicking the leg of your chair over and over again. Uh-huh. <laughs> like uh-huh. anything where you're like, oh my gosh, stop, stop, stop making yeah, noise. Stop. <laughs> but yeah, I was curious if you had any um, like – bubble blowing mouth noise I, well, I, I mean there's just only constant noise like, I, I think yeah. that's like an actual phase or actually I would say a kryptonite of mine is any small annoying habits which if you have children there are many 
small annoying habits. And I am like not a good, uh, don't sweat the small stuff with those. Like, um, well, one example is Violet was it started biting her nails when she was like two, like a really young nail biter. It's not like she was like stressed about the state of the world or anything, but just got like a nail biting habit and her nails and then it would hurt her. I mean, she'd bite them down. So we were trying to just get her to stop. And actually she has completely stopped now. It was a short phase, but things like that, like once there's a habit that I feel like is either, you know, not appropriate or not attractive, whether it's picking their nose or biting their nails or sticking their tongue out for no reason, but I tend to fixate. So I'm going to lump that in with unnecessary noises is also just like little annoying habits are not, I I don't do well with that. Like I, instead of just letting it go or asking them to stop and then letting it go, I'm like, stop, 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 stop doing that. Stop doing that. I don't know. That's funny because those don't those don't bother me as much as long as they don't invade my personal space in any way. Yeah. Like, you know, that would only bother me if it somehow involved me. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I probably wouldn't even notice otherwise. Not to say I never see my kids picking their nose or doing right. gross things. And I will say one of my kids, and I won't name which kid because, the, yeah. I mean, I don't want this on the internet about them, uh, bites his toenails and has oh. since he was like a year old. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do. I mean, I've yeah. tried. Yeah. And I always wondered why. Like, it took me a while to figure it out. I was like, why do, why do his toenails never need to be clipped ever? Yeah. Like, all the other kids, you know, had, like, my kids' yeah. nails grow super fast. So, like, yeah. half the time they've got those talons, and then yeah. I have to, like, take a, you know, some kind of a saw to them. Um, <laughs> but one of my children, who shall rename, remain nameless, never had that issue. And finally, one day I walked in and he was watching TV with his foot in his mouth. And at this point, he was way too old. I mean, I was horrified, but what are you going to do? I, I mean,. I can't I, really break them of it now. So I, I love that. Well, Violet actually did also bite her. When she was in her heavy nail biting phase, she would be in the car seat biting her toenails. And I couldn't stop because I was driving, you know, so like safely. Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, please stop. And then she'd try and bite my nails. She ran out of nails. She'd oh, bite her, her toenails. And then oh I'd be gosh, holding her so hand weird. or she'd be in my arms or I'd sit on my lap. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, why is my hand in your mouth? Oh my gosh. Did any of your kids have like any... um? Like like um, sensory things where they liked to touch certain things. So I'll give you an example. My my sister in law's daughter um, used to. My sister in law had like a big mole like on her stomach. Oh yeah. And when her one of her daughters was nursing when she was really little, she would right. just kind of like tap the mole. And right. Jenna finally just got used to it. You know, it drove her crazy, but she finally right. just got used to it. Well, anytime then I would have this niece over, yeah. you know, just ha- and I'd be like cuddling with her. She'd like reach under my shirt and start looking yeah. for a mole. And I didn't have any. I'd be like, get, get, just snap. Because she would start picking, like, like just picking. And I'm, I'm yeah. sure my kids had, that's the one that popped into my head. I'm sure my kids had similar yeah, weird or some um, textural some habits. Some kids like, like to twirl hair, like their own or their parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, one of my little cousins, when she was little stuck, same thing. She was used to having her hand up her mom's shirt. When they when she nursed, yeah. but then if any other caregiver, she put her arm, yeah. her whole like whole arm up their shirt. Yeah. Oh, one of my funny. kids, and I can't remember now which one it was, used to put his hand down my bra. Yeah. Um, which was really was kind of sweet. Like he didn't, right. it was he wasn't like a twiddler, you know, right. so it was okay. But then I realized at one point, like we can't be walking around the store with <laughs> his hand down my bra. We're too this old for not, this. We're too old for this. This is not going to work. So. Yeah, well, I, I um, feel like that all just veered, but it, it that's actually a really important topic is annoying habits because I find yes. that the older my kids get, the more annoying habits they have. It's like larger behavior issues calm down. You know, they whine less. There's yeah. fewer tantrums. But um, man, like that is not yeah. – I, I don't do well with annoying habits. And if you ever just want to have like a one-person um, 
like performance performance art installation of all the noises you could possibly make with your mouth I volunteer my seven-year-old because it's <laughs> it is impressive <laughs> oh my gosh stop stop she's like Dick Van Dyke or something yeah um <laughs> So I wanted, okay, so I wanted to backtrack really quickly because while yes. we were talking about annoying noises, annoying habits, isn't it funny? Like we can get back to superpowers at some point, right? But like right now it's fine. Let's just dive into all the stuff that makes us crazy. Um, one thing that really makes me crazy that's kind of in the same genre is like kids trying to get your attention with some kind of annoying repetitive behavior. So um, for example, my son Owen, and he's getting better at this, he's 10 now, but he would do this thing where if you wanted my attention and I was busy doing something, he would like headbutt me and say mom <laughs> at the same time, like in rhythm. It was like mom. And I'd feel his forehead like hit me in the side or in the ribs. Mom, 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 mom. And I would ignore it because I didn't want to reward that behavior. Right. And it wasn't like I wasn't giving him attention. I mean, there were ways for him to ask right. me something, but this was usually when he was annoyed because I told him no or I wasn't doing something as quickly as he wanted me to or something like that. And it would be like one of those where I'd try to ignore it and then I'd grip my teeth and then suddenly I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> would you knock it off? You know, because it's just, right. it's crazy and right. and it's crazy making. It reminds me of, have you seen the clip from the Family Guy, that cartoon where yeah, Stewie, no. the little baby, is like, mommy, 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 <laughs> No, I can mom, picture it mom, though. I mean, mommy, I've seen mom, other mommy. Family Guy. We should put that, if we can find it, we should put yeah. it in the show notes because it's exactly, it's exactly it. He's just like, mommy, mommy, mom, mom, mommy. <laughs> And that goes to me hand in hand with whining, yeah. which is a different kind of behavior, but it's again right. like wanting something and then trying to like manipulate y- you to get it right. using a really annoying pitch of their voice. Right. I mean, right. ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And whining is definitely the, one like, of those. expression I'm making right now. That's a like <laughs> super bad habit, meaning I think sometimes kids yes. whine when they don't even, they're not even feeling particularly whiny. They've just literally forgotten how to talk yes. in any other way. Um, yeah. I mean, I think three and four year olds, that's a pretty prime, like, you know, they have yeah. all the words, they have a little bit more self-control, but they just, it becomes right. like a, a complete habit. And yeah, yeah, that's brutal. Um, well that, that goes hand in hand with baby talk and you and I have both talked yes. about how much baby talk makes us yeah. nuts. Yeah. You know, yes. like mommy. Yeah. Would you yeah. I have no, and like you're seven, pull it, yeah. pull yourself together. No. So time. how do you deal with that? <laughs> I, for me, one of my things has been when kids kind of default to that manner of communicating that does not serve my mental right. health well, I will mm-hmm. just say, I can't hear you when you talk yeah. that way. Or yeah. I can't, you know, my, my brain doesn't hear that. Sorry. You'll have right. to, you'll have yeah, to. Yeah. I think I have a very similar response. Like I, I, I just will say, you may ask me the same thing, but please use a different tone of voice. Like I can't, I can't right. respond to that or yeah. So I think I'm, yeah. I'm the same way. Shut it down. I remember when my kids were really little or like when I had really little whiners, um, who just, it was just super persistent. Um, I used to get kind of cute and say, okay, give me the whiny voice, get them all out and let them like whine and whine yeah. and whine and whine and whine and then pretend to like put it in my hands and throw it in the garbage or throw it out the window. <laughs> oh, and then later, cute. this oh, is when clever. they were like three, you know, like little and like to pretend and stuff. And if I was yeah. having a, a good mom day, maybe. Um, but then that's kind of cute because then they'd say, then they would come back and I'd be like, oh, nope, sorry. We threw that away. Remember? Yeah. We don't have that voice anymore. We threw it across the street. <laughs> put it in the dumpster. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. and, we, and we have to be, and we have to acknowledge too that like a seven or a five or a three-year-old's whines even are nothing compared to like the pre-verbal baby yes, whine. So, yeah. The baby who, toddler who isn't quite, yeah. isn't really verbal yet, but yeah. wants to communicate and can't. Yeah. And is just like, Ugh. Yeah. you know, that grunting yeah. whine. Oh my gosh. 
And yeah, when they do me. it, when they come that up behind you and yeah. like wrap their arms around your knees yeah. and like hold on to your legs and whine. <laughs> so pretty much I loved that. That was great. So. Everything? Yeah. <laughs> annoying. just all of it. <laughs> I will say though, but, going back to like the annoying habits or like repetitive noises, I do think there's some value in deciding what to just ignore because there's certain that's true. like um, – with like the clicking, <laughs> clicking or the um, what else? Like the, the yeah, popping. little like noises that aren't <laughs> actually harming me. It's not like right. with whining. I feel like I do want to give them better ways to communicate, and that's part of my job. But if they want to click their tongue or blow spit bubbles, and it's not in my face, like you said, right? Um, I do. I do sometimes just sort of like tell myself to just. I can walk away, or I can just ignore right. it. But I don't have to be like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Well, and Sarah, I will say, and this just reminded me of this, I think one of your superpowers, something I think you're way better at than me, is um, creatively kind of like your little example about throwing away the wines. I don't think that would have ever occurred to me. I think I would just tolerate until I couldn't take it anymore <laughs> and then be like, just knock it off. Um, you have a lot of those kind of, you know, things that you've talked about where, and I, I know this is another superpower we're going to get into, like dealing with kids' emotional issues. Um, yeah. And I think some of the strategies that you've kind of come up with, that, that seems to be a natural strength of yours. Like yeah, kind of I think so. Things. I think I got that, I think, from my mom and from being around other, like, kind of people who are into that kind of parenting. Or I definitely don't feel like I tried. So it either is natural or I was just exposed to it, it in a way that made you. it feel yeah. natural. But um yeah. So, okay. Well, should we shift gears? I have another, I have another superpower for me. Um, that's sure, a little go for different it. topic and that is public tantrums. So I okay. do, and this is kind of going into what we were going to talk about, which is dealing with emotional outbursts, but specifically public, like public tantrums or public meltdowns or public, even just public whining in the checkout line, which I know is such a common source of stress. And it's not that I'm perfect at it or that I handle it right every time, but they don't, it doesn't really raise my blood pressure. Like I almost, yeah. I feel for people that feel that way. So I'm not at all saying like I'm somehow more highly evolved as a parent, but it just right. doesn't ratchet up my stress level any more than a tantrum would at home um, or any more than like a clicking noise in my ear. For whatever reason, it right. just, I'm kind of able to deal and not, I don't have that public parenting, uh, like self-consciousness. There's other times yeah. when I've felt public parenting, self-consciousness, but, but not with public tantrums. So I, that's one that I do feel like, and I've always felt that way. Uh, my kids haven't been yeah. the biggest, worst public tantrum throwers, I guess. So maybe that's part of it, but um, they've definitely done their share. And that's one that I just kind of yeah. feel like I just roll with it. And I feel like people will either be sympathetic and empathetic or they won't, and I won't have to see them again. So I just, that, that yeah, that's I, one. We're talking about things that are some stressful for other people, but for some reason yeah. not for us, that's one of them. I think for me, like, that was something where it's, I, I'm not naturally one way or the other. I think that was really hard for me for my oldest two, especially because yeah. my second one was, you know, a hellion um, yeah. for, for like two years. But I just got better at not giving a crap with the older right. kids, or with the younger kids. Right. So um, I got much calmer and much more right. able to just kind of, you know, deflate. I also stopped putting myself in as many situations where that was happening. So that's yeah. another thing I think, yeah. um, I think that I just got kind of wise about not, you know, we've talked about this before, about how to 
kind of get in front of yes. the tantrum or Anticipate. proactively yeah. not be in a situation where it could, you know, it's going to even happen. Um, I'm, I've, I've gotten pretty good at like, you know, and it's almost too late now because my kids aren't tantruming in public or, you know, throwing fits in public anymore. Right. Um, but I got, I got, I did get toward the end of that phase really good at just dealing with things in the moment as they were happening and not feeling that pressure from right. outside. But right. one thing I will say when, you know, you're talking about emotional situations, and this is one that I brought up as a kryptonite of mine, is um, I have a really hard time with kids and what I don't like when they're too much. Okay, for, here's an example. Clara is so much like me as a kid. I have a really hard time dealing with how much like me she mm-hmm. is. And mm-hmm. in part of that is that she's very emotional. Mm-hmm. She's also got a lot of anxiety. I don't think I had as much anxiety. She's just got a ton of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I have a really hard time not being dismissive. Mm-hmm. You know, when she'll say things mm-hmm. like she's worried about X, Y, and Z, or she's crying about something mm-hmm. because she thinks I don't like her snuggles or whatever. I mean, whatever uh-huh. it is she's crying about. And I'm looking at her and part of me is I just see myself in her and yeah. I'm like, just get over it. Yeah. Step out yeah. of it. And I have a really tough time with that. Like I've, this has become like an issue. I think now, um, John, who is like very unemotional in a lot of mm-hmm. ways and just very logical, he doesn't really, he'll just give, he'll just give her a hug. I think he's dealt, he's learned how to deal with Clara by mm-hmm. dealing with me. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I haven't learned how to deal with myself yet. Maybe that's it. I mean, it's just, we're kind of just like at a little bit. And I remember this, the same thing. Um, Jacob was the same way at her mm-hmm. age, you know, he'd come home all upset about something that happened at school and he'd tell me the story and I'm thinking, you know, I didn't say this out loud, but I'm right. thinking, well, that's dumb. Right. Well, why are you upset about that? That's dumb. And of course, you know, trying to put myself in his shoes, but really having a hard time. Yeah. Really, truly being empathetic because it feels like he's blowing something up right. that wasn't really a thing. Right. So it's kind of like that drama, you know, yeah. I'm uncomfortable with it. Yes, and I could see then that. It, and therefore, I don't deal well with it. And I know that's something that you're probably better at because you've said, you know, yeah. you're really good at talking kids. Yeah, that I, I feel like in my element when I can help kids manage emotions. So I don't. Yeah, I, I guess that's a superpower or it's just it's not something that feels difficult to me. Now, that's like all that to say, I don't love it. I mean, Reed is my most emotional and still gets wound up. But when he was like three and four, he still gets wound up about when things get thrown away or saying goodbye to anything. He has like a real problem with like, like anything that has to get thrown away or is broken or used up. So like, you know, the classic, like your kid finds a piece of art that they drew in the trash can. Like we've all been there, but like for him, that is like on a scale of one to 10, it's like a 15. And with every little, Mm -hmm. every little thing, like he used to not be able to throw away like his sandwich crusts, even when he was done with the sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So talk about things that seem overblown. Like how can you possibly be upset about this. Um, but I do kind of, I do feel like that is a superpower for me that I can at least acknowledge. I don't have to like agree with the logic behind the upset, but I can empathize with the feeling and actually even more in the last year or so with him as I think I've gotten better at understanding what is really an anxiety for him and what feels like it feels like the world is ending, even though like logically we know it isn't. And I think that's how adult anxiety works too. So I think yeah. just, just knowing, just, just separate, being able to separate that, like their feelings are real, 
even if the circumstance is completely absurd. And I probably just got really good at that, having a lot of conversations (laughs) about like why it was okay that this balloon that we got at a birthday party a week ago is now out of air and it's now that's okay. Then we can just throw it away. (laughs) Like things like that. We're like part of like 50 times a day, especially with him. So, um, yeah, I do. I do kind of, I, I kind of enjoy that actually, like helping kids manage emotions is something I enjoy in a way, even though it's kind of absurd. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Sarah, we're welcoming our sponsor, Element. That's spelled L-M-N-T, a zero sugar electrolyte drink that leans on current science about what our bodies really need in order to deliver the most effective hydration possible. You know, Sarah, Eric is really into keeping up with health research, and he's been insisting to me for years that we actually need more salt to stay hydrated. Turns out Element agrees because they've developed their product based on a growing body of research that shows that for optimal health outcomes, we actually need to be taking in sodium levels at two to three times government recommendations. That's a big difference. Yeah, it really is, Megan. And, you know, electrolyte deficiency or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, brain fog, and weakness. I know I can feel really rotten when I'm dehydrated. And also, I don't love the taste of plain water, so I'm not that great about drinking it. Element makes a huge difference in how much I'm enjoying my hydration and in how I feel, and it's super easy to fit it into my daily routine. My favorite flavor of Element is the grapefruit, but if that's not for you, we're going to get you set up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite Element flavor. Plus, Element has a no-questions-asked refund policy. You don't even have to send the product back to get your refund. Yeah, you can receive a free Element sample pack containing one packet of eight flavors. So you'll get eight total packets free with any order when you purchase through our custom URL. That's drinkelement.com slash momhour, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and it's available for both new and returning customers. To get that offer, again, go to drinkelement.com slash momhour. Yeah. You know, while you're talking, I was thinking about patients and how, how many different kinds of patients. So true. (laughs) There are. And some of the things that like, um, for example, you know, John has pointed out to me before times when, um, Claire and I are reading together or I'm trying to explain a story to her or explain something like, like 
more not intellectual necessarily, mm-hmm. but just a little more cerebral. I yeah. can be very, very patient with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't even let me brush her hair anymore because right. I'm so impatient to yeah. get those snarls yeah. out. And John will sit there and just work on a snarl forever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just just yank it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> just get this over with. And so it's it's like different kinds of things yes. that you can be patient with. And I'm and I'm wondering how much that also like if I really stood back and thought about it, how much that would also apply to my real life. I mean, yeah. or my not my real life, but my life right. outside of motherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm I'm not real patient with things that need to be detangled, you know, untangled or. Yeah taken apart and put back together and that kind of like that physical thing yeah but i'll sit there and think you know right. i can be very patient with something more talky or thinky right so no, that's know. really that's really we, well one of my favorite posts that you wrote on your more like personal business blog was about untangling the necklace like that oh yeah, yeah. remember yeah. that one so we should link to yes. that because that's good well if you think about it some of these superpowers in kryptonite really come down to what what we feel we can handle in the moment without like Mm-hmm. stress, fear, anxiety versus what feels stressful, scary, anxious, right? I mean, that's really like, right. that's so interesting. I agree. I mean, I, I, I am really quite patient with emotions, which is why tantrums and meltdowns, it's not that I love them, but they don't, I feel pretty confident in the midst of them. And I don't, yeah. you know, I, they don't usually ratchet up my own like blood pressure, but things like letting a kid get themselves dressed or tie their own shoes when I'm sitting there and it's time to go. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, let's go. Let's go. Or hairbrushing, you know, anything yeah. like that is not, oh. I'm not patient or homework or, you know, anything yeah, that homework, I feel yeah. like falls under the efficiency category. Cause I do, I, yes. I like efficiency and I, cause I you just want to get, you, you put those yeah. things in that, in that cat, in that bucket. Yeah. Like these are things we just get done so we can move on with the things right. that we like. Yes. And so like t- shoe tying is a perfect example. And I'm right. almost embarrassed to say how, <laughs> how late my kids learned how to tie their shoes because I, I just really wanted them to just figure it out. I didn't, right. I mean, I would sit down with them all, you know, very dutifully starting at like six and we'd sit there and work on it for 15 minutes. And then I wanted to strangle somebody. And I remember learning how hard it was for me to even learn. I guess I just don't, I'm not really spatially aware. <laughs> and I don't have yeah. great hot and high coordination in that way, hand eye. So it, I guess it makes sense that that would be a parenting kryptonite for me to try right. to teach something that right. was torture for me to learn. Especially when it's a physical or um, coordination. Yeah. 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 That's so yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I have another, I have one more of each. I don't know where you are, if you've been keeping track, but. I haven't really uh, been keeping track, but just talk and I'm sure I'll spark something. So I have a superpower that comes back to this idea of efficiency. And that is getting out the door on time is a superpower of mine. And it is one I know that is hard for people. I wrote a post about it actually a few years ago um, that we can link to with some tips. Um, But I... I like to be on time and I, you always hear like the more kids you have and the more chaotic, like always running late. And there's, I have zero judgment for people who are running late because it's not, it's my on timeness is not attached to anybody else's. And I know it's just, it is like a, one of those things that's like a natural skill set or not. But since we're talking superpowers and patting ourselves on the back, I am very good at getting out the door on time, pretty much no matter the circumstances. Like I can, I can make it happen. My house doesn't always look good when we walk out the door, but I can right. get us out the door on time. And I think that goes to my like linear detail. I have a very, I have a detailed brain, but I, it's also, a, I'm very linear and chronological. So I'm really naturally good at like the things that need to happen in a row to make X happen. 
that's why I make a good yeah. project manager or like an editorial person because I can see those steps. Now, I think that's a handicap in some other ways. I'm not always good at just like losing myself in an activity and being really present because I always have the, the clock going, okay, you know, in 10 minutes, we right. need to start getting shoes on. And so I think with any of these things, if you have a superpower, I think sometimes there's a weakness behind it. And that's just the yeah. yin and the yang. And that's okay. But that is another one of mine is getting out the door on time. Um, that's interesting because I'm, I've become very good at getting out the door on time. I, don't, I wouldn't say I always was. Right. Um, and I, I think how I finally was able to maybe isn't even the best way. Like I am a super active manager when it comes to getting out. The, and I can get, yeah. the kids can all get up with like 10 minutes to spare and I will get them out the door. Right. But I will also stand there and like yeah. a drill sergeant yeah. and yell and clap yeah. my hands at them and stuff. Like, I'm just like, go, go, go. You know, like right. I don't, in the morning when I'm on my feet, I'm on my feet. I don't yeah. sit, you know, I am just going, going, going. And so I've learned to use whatever amount of time is available right. um, to be really efficient to get everyone out the door. That said, I don't really have, I'm not really good. Like you said it, knowing what has to be done and then, you know, working backward from the goal. Right. Um, if it was something outside of what I do every single day, I'd be much less successful. Right. So like when we, yeah. when we are going on a vacation, say, I'm going to estimate we're going to leave the house at 10, but we're not going to leave till 11 because I right. forgot how long yeah. it's going to take to yeah. get everyone showered, get everyone yeah. dressed, pack up all the clothes because that's not part of my daily routine. Like right. I'm not as able to efficiently judge yeah how long something process, might take because there's more and unknown. it's interesting that john and i are, are the opposite like if he has to get out the door for a special thing he's really good at making it happen like if it's something he has to think about really hard and there's details right um that he has to kind of manage he's really good at that but he's way more likely on just a regular day to have the kids really? be late because yeah. he just gets too comfortable or something i don't know right. what it is like he just yeah he just doesn't he's not standing there like barking orders the way i yeah. <laughs> and like physically, I'm physically shoving stuff in backpacks and he wants right. the kids to do it for themselves. And right. so, you know, it just takes longer for that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I feel like lateness or punctuality is it's what it's kind of like being a morning person or a night person. You can make you can make shifts to your natural inborn tendencies. But I there are just some people I know in my life who shall remain nameless who are just you know, like we all know the chronically super late people and the right. chronically yeah. 15 minutes late people and the chronically on time people and the chronically early people. And I yeah. do, I kind of think it's fun because I think there's really some pretty, pretty hardwired <laughs> tendencies. Oh, there. yeah. Well, um, and I think and for you can me, improve, like, I would have, or... of course, I would have called myself a chronically late person up until recently. And I think honestly, for me, having so much of what I do happen in my own home has completely, right. now I'm very punctual, you know, right. I mean, there's, you know, if it's not something that's super important, I have to start it exactly this time. Maybe not, but if it's a meeting right. or something I have to do, I'm great at, at being really on time. But what I'm not good at is estimating. I always underestimate mm -hmm. how long something's going to, like a, mm -hmm. getting in the car. I underestimate yeah. that that's going to take five minutes, getting everyone buckled in, da, da, da. So right. I think, oh, we leave it 10 till we'll be great. And instead we really need to leave it quarter till or whatever right. it is, you know? Right. So I, I push it to the yeah. last minute and in some situations that works really well and in some it means I'm always that person who's like two minutes late right so you know I've gotten better um and I've got a really good internal clock but it's yeah. just I, I don't always I'm not a good judge 
of how long things will take. And I, and because of the efficiency thing, I don't like to leave too early either. I don't like being super early. I like to be like right on time. Yeah. So so sometimes that means I judge, I misjudge a little bit on either side. So so funny. (laughs) I love it. Um, all right. Well, I have one more kryptonite for me and that is, uh, this is going to go back to the episode we did about, um, clutter and stuff, junk yeah. and things of a while ago. Yeah. Um, but it's not just clutter. Cause that I think is too general. I, my real kryptonite, <laughs> you'll laugh at this. I think it's really me is miscellany. I have a, <laughs> I do not like, like piles of stuff that each really belongs somewhere, but it's not uh-huh. quite clear where. And so it accumulates in a, a miscellaneous pile and miscellany I think can be like literal miscellany like a pile on the counter or just general stuff in the house that seems to like never quite find its way back because what's interesting is I actually have a, a decent tolerance for my house being toys on the floor and not super clean I've just learned so it's not that I need everything in its place all the time but I there's like certain types of objects or papers or things that feel like it's always in a jumble and it's to me, it's the miscellaneous factor or like the too many things in one category all shoved into one bin that seriously makes me like a little bit cray cray. Um, and the funny part about this is that my darling third child, like her favorite way to play is to go around. She loves packing up bags. So she'll go around, she'll grab like a, you know, a reusable like grocery bag or like an old purse and she'll go around the house and start putting miscellany from every. Every, I mean, oh it might be gosh. one of my shoes and a hairbrush and some doll uh. things and some Legos <laughs> and like a Tupperware yeah. from the kitchen and a granola bar all in the same bag. And then yeah. I'll find that bag somewhere. And all my mind can see is how long or how annoying it would be it's gonna take to put to all those put things, each of those away. things away. Now, I think we can all relate to this, but it's a true kryptonite for me in that it's like the kind of thing that just brings me to my knees sometimes where I'm like, not the miscellaneous jumble. And, and yet for Violet, it's like that she's like a professional collector of miscellany, just whatever. So, so that's so funny because I, you know, I, I think for me, I, I don't mind piles as long as they look neat and yeah. the things that I don't like, what we've talked about before, like my, you know, house triggers are things on the floor because they don't look neat. They're not supposed to be there, right. you know, like blankets right. or pillows on the pillows, floor. I, know that's a, I, I can't yeah. ignore that. It's on, it's not supposed to be there. So get that up off the floor. But like, a, you know, I'm looking, I'm at my desk right now and I'm looking at, I have these two piles next to my computer and they're both sort of my miscellaneous piles. Like right. they're my, I, I think of them as like my pending file. Yeah. They're things I'm going to deal with at some point. I just haven't got around to it yet, right. but they're nicely, neatly stacked. And so, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, Clara used to do the same. Like she would have lots of, she had like lots of little canvas tote bags when she was yes. about um, Violet's age and she would fill them with just <laughs> random junk. And I would just fish out the perishables. Yeah. You know, like if there was food in there, yeah. fish those out and tell her to go put them in a room. And I swear if I go yeah. up into her closet, you know, right now, I <laughs> bet I would find tote bags still filled with miscellany that she probably put there when she was like four years old. And I just I never that. got around to putting back. She has toy boxes in her room and they're all miscellany. And that probably, yeah. you know, I mean, I probably need to go through those now and who, you know, who knows what treasure of toys that she's not even playing with because there's yeah, but just I feel like your response like is a, a, a healthier, more normal. Like <laughs> I think I just have an unhealthy attachment to like 
things being in the right categories because I have such a categorical <laughs> brain. But yeah. Brian is the same way. I know I've said this on this show, but he's so sweet and he'll tidy up. He's a, he really helps pick up toys. But his idea, like uh, we have a big kitchen island, so we have a lot of counter space in the island and then also a little side where my desk is. And he will do exactly like you'll say. He'll just straighten the piles. I'm more likely and he'll like make them all neat and then he'll stack a bunch of stuff right on top. And I'm like, but you don't understand. There's like a deck of cards and a sock and a it's like the most <laughs> random pile. And he'll just make it look really neat. And then he'll wipe the counter around it and like, you know, like yeah. clap his hands and he'll be done. I'm like, but you don't understand all but, that stuff but, is yeah, like, done. <laughs> it just goes in so many different places. Um, but I think you're, yes, you're, 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 um, the way you deal with miscellany is a much healthier and more normal than, than mine. <laughs> so that's why it's a kryptonite for me is it's not, it's unavoidable. Like miscellany is a part of life, especially with toys yeah. and piles. Um, but it's more than just general clutter. Cause I think clutter is like a bigger category. It's the, it's the one that just makes me feel like super, frustrated so well and you know the thing is I I I think for me I'm just able to suspend like my desire for what I know is coming you know what I'm saying so like I we have friends who don't have kids and when I go to their places I'm so amazed everything is just in its place and they don't have extra of anything so like you know a good friend of ours single woman she's got like just enough utensils right just enough cups yeah. just they all match i mean everything yeah. looks like it's supposed to look and i think well okay i mean it won't be that long before right. that'll be our lives too right yeah. i mean if we if we can actually you know once our kids move out if we actually go through the hassle of eliminating some of the stuff we don't need anymore yeah. and if we're able to do that emotionally and who knows i mean who knows how i'll feel in 12 years or whatever right um but like that'll that'll happen i mean you know 40 years of my life will have gone by first where it won't happen but it's just it, it's it'll come and, and yeah. one day we'll have those lives where and those homes where everything is neat and in its place and i like that too i just it's just not a big deal to me right I well i think it. it's kind of almost like we're coming back to where we started which is you yeah. it really is a natural superpower of yours to be comfortable and calm in chaos and yeah. it is not because miscellany is sort of like clutter chaos really I mean yeah yeah like, oh it is yeah pillows it, it's sort of a different a different version of it but um right yeah cool, so man. I have one more one more yeah. superpower um and this is something I guess I just really didn't think about myself until pretty recently and it is and I don't I'm not even really sure how to define it but something where like I don't get really anxious about things um that put my kids lives in peril <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds terrible, but you know, now that I've, you know, my son Isaac is going through driver's ed and so we're driving around a lot. Mm-hmm. And one day I just realized, I mean, I'm not, I'm so calm. Like I'm just yeah. sitting there in the front seat and he's, he's terrible. And he's just making a lot of really yeah. dumb mistakes. And, you know, he'll be going like 20 miles an hour when he's supposed to be going 40. And then suddenly he starts going way yeah. too fast or he'll take a corner way too fast. And I mean, I know that his life and my life are actually kind of in his very incapable hands right now. Right. right? Um, but I'm just not really that worried about it and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I never, those kinds of things never really made me very anxious when they were little either. You know, I just, I think I was just kind of always able to distance myself a yeah. little bit from reality when they were learning a skill that where they might get hurt. Yeah. Um, and so I was never the mom who hovered at the playground or yeah. worried about, you know, I just, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not completely laissez-faire and, to the point of being unsafe. It's just, I guess I just recognize those things as part of life and sort of the risk we take 
being no, alive, you know? And I think that's something that a lot of people will envy or wish they had. Um, yeah. I'm thinking the example that just came up for me recently is that like Reed goes on field trips like every month. They have a lot of field trips. Yeah. And a couple of them are on a bus. And there were parents who, mm-hmm. now, I mean, most kids take a bus to school anyway, but we don't. And they're right. only in kindergarten, so they're little. Um, but I had no problem, I mean, with the fact that the field trip was on a bus. I actually feel safer on a bus in a lot of ways than, a, right. than another parent chaperone driving. But that's another, another issue. Yeah. But there were many, I mean, many parents whose kids either didn't go or whose kids went and they were terrified of the kids getting on a chartered school bus type thing. To go on a yeah. field trip. And that one, and same, we've talked about in our, I think, school and episodes about how I do the drive through line. And there are a lot of parents who want to be there right when the kid exits the gate, just in, just in case. So I would say I, I'm kind of similar in some of those types of worries about like what could possibly happen. Worries, you know, where I'm not like that, though, is another kind of kryptonite one for me is sickness. I do not do well when my kids are sick. I either get anxious and worried that it's going to get way worse or it's like throws off my, you know, ability to be in control and have a routine. And then that's a different issue. Um, so I would say I'm, I am, I'm the same as you when it comes to like that kind of danger driving and car accidents and, you know, those types of things, but um, less so about health. I tend to be more anxious about health issues. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not, (laughs) no, I think that's great. But I, I mean, I think, but I mean, but yeah, it's 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 just funny to me, like that the things. I mean, I guess what I'm kind of p- pulling from this is when it comes to things like physical dangers, not really a problem for me. But something where I have to physically do something in a patient way, a problem yeah. for me. I mean, yeah. it's just interesting. I'm, I maybe it's because I'm just a little more passive physically. I'm like more physically just passive. I mean, it's, right. I'm not. I'm Fair not finger. really the person who's. Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking. I'm not really the person who's. Or thinking and feeling, but I'm not really the person who's then taking action a lot. Right. Um, and I've been that way since I was a little kid. So I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it all comes from who we are. Yeah. And you know, our, our upbringing, like you said, your parents model or your you know people around you modeling certain ways of being. And my yeah. mom was very no nonsense about things. Yeah. Like very no nonsense. And I can't imagine a time when she would have sat and talked to me about my feelings. That just yeah. wasn't. I had a lot right. of them. I yeah. had a lot of feelings, but I just kind of dealt with them on my own. And then yeah. whatever. I mean, I just wasn't. That wasn't the kind of upbringing I had. So. It'd be interesting if there would ever be any way to know, and I guess this is what psychologists are still trying to figure yeah. out, is how much of this is just who we are yeah. and how much of it is what we grew up around. Well, and I do think- And how we've adapted as adults. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say, is it is interesting to think about the things we were really naturally good at or loved doing or felt really like easy and natural doing before kids, and then how those same skill sets apply with kids. And then same thing on the- on the flip side, um, yeah. because we're talking about it, how it relates to parenthood, but there's probably through lines from, yeah, from the beginning of things that we're well right. suited for. And I always like one of my best, best friends growing up had kids at the same time and um, is very opposite from me in a lot of ways. But we had our first babies at the same time and we were in different states. But um, I just always I always I remember saying at the time, like having a baby forced her to like have a little bit more structure and think a little bit more in, in details and plans and all of that. And it forced me to let go a little bit, you know, to like realize I wasn't in control and we had, did it at the same time. And, you know, our superpowers and our kryptonites came out probably in opposite ways, but yeah, they were still there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have to note, I have to make a note that 
when I first originally was thinking about this show, I kind of thought we would talk about all of our superpowers up front and then switch to kryptonite and that it would be about even. But I think we're about 75% kryptonite, <laughs> which know, is I fine. <laughs> and well, then it's all interwoven, right? It's all, yeah, because yeah, it is like a flip side. Like, you know, Actually, when I was thinking about point. it just in my head, planning, I, I, was try- I spent all my time thinking about my superpowers. Then I'm like, wait a second. I'm not all, <laughs> I'm not all powerful. But I think yeah. it was because, that, again, we're, we're all pretty good at piling on ourselves about what we're about what we're bad at. Not yes, at. I totally agree. <laughs> Funny. Well, so listeners, we want to hear from know, yeah. uh, your superpowers and your kryptonite. And if you match up or are totally opposite from us in any ways, I think I'll throw up this question on Facebook when the show runs um, and see if we can get a discussion going there because I think it's a fun yeah. one. It would be really fun. Um, at some point, I would really love to get where we can capture audio again from people. Yes, and, you know, incorporate into the show in some way. Maybe we'll maybe we'll work on that because that would be really fun. Like you know, for people to talk about that stuff, we can all relate. We all have yeah, our absolutely, and we absolutely. And I know, I know. Sometimes when people listen, they're like nodding along or arguing with yeah. us in their car on their headset. <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you're shaking we, your fist at us, yeah, shaking your fist. <laughs> before we wrap, we didn't do our segment, so I'm going to do it right now. I was just, I thought about that. What's yeah. happening in your house this week? What are you up to? We're recording this before Easter, but it'll air after Easter. So what's going on with you guys? Okay. Well, um, gosh, you go first. I have to okay. think about that. I am <laughs> um, seeing the Book of Mormon musical on Easter Sunday, which I'm Oh, that's super, right. You texted me about that and I forgot super to respond. Excited but I laughed. Um, so by the it's time this show runs, I will have seen it. Um, I've been listening to the soundtrack. Um and I just haven't seen like a big, you know, touring Broadway production of anything in quite a while in a few years. So yeah. um, that's obviously been on my list. And Easter Sunday just feels somehow like horribly perfect. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. So my mine is also sort of theatrically inclined. Um, I'm now <laughs> knee deep in rehearsals for the play that I'm in, which is called Next to Normal. Did we talk about this last week? Uh, I didn't, you just did mentioned I, it when episode? we're talking about getting um, back into our hobbies. Yeah. That's so. right. Yeah. So it's going to be a very challenging play. I've, it's it's kind of a dark, uh, not dark. Yeah, it's dark. It's heavy. And I'm going to have to act. And like, in your on stage, it's like an ensemble intensely. cast, right? So you're like yes. in it the whole time. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 So um, it's great. I'm, I'm very excited. So I'm into that right now. And so, you know, John's been really taking over a lot of the, the household stuff and Luckily, we're getting into that, you know, this, the kids have a three-day weekend, and then next week we, not this coming, but the week after is spring break. And I'm looking yeah. forward to the, not having to worry about homework for a little while, which I think yes. is going to be the opposite, maybe the topic of our next show. Yes, we are going to talk about homework. Yeah. So, I can, and I, you know, I and I'd like to expand on that and talk about academic expectations and all that mm-hmm. stuff, which all yeah. kind of wraps in. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. So that's where we are. I mean, we're just kind of like, right now we're going into sort of like a month like a, an intense month where our roles are yeah. flopping a little bit. And so there's a little Does bit your of show open friction. In May? It opens in May. Yep. Okay. It'll run for three weekends in May. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All so right. I well, I guess that's um, a wrap. Yeah. And so for anybody who wants to find, we did talk about a couple posts that we'll share and a few things. So all of that will be at themomhour.com. Just look for episode 44. Um, and you can leave a comment there or you can email hello at themomhour.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So find us and interact with us and we continue to appreciate all the comments and the emails and the iTunes reviews are great. So, um, thank thank you guys for listening. See you next time.
Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com. 